Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. Another episode of Black Girls Texting. It's me, Shade. Who are you, Biatches? Chelsea Pinky. And Glenn, aka Bedside Brat. What's oh. up, y'all? Hello. Glenn's looking all blonde. She's a blondie. She's got her brows. What are we leaving on red and replying to this week, y'all? Read or reply. I'm pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I am leaving my breasts on red. I have probably said this a million times. I really think I'm getting a breast reduction. I'm going to do a consultation in September and then hopefully just cut them by winter time. <laughs> cut. Ew. Cut it. Yeah. Cut, cut it. it. She's not- <laughs> cut it. Okay, what are you replying to? Your tits are knee too big. You need to cut it. Sorry, I was. Oh my god, she just went with it. <laughs> I, had to keep it. I, I had to. Um. Also, Doctor Gavami, if you want to give me a discount, I <laughs> love that. Thanks so much. Um, I'm replying to. I hope I'm pronouncing their name correctly. Alex Menon. Alex is a non-binary activist. They're very vocal about the, I think, plight of the non-binary experience. And they were on a podcast. I want to, I can't think of the podcast name. I'd sent it to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys is, was on Jane the Virgin, um, like one of the main male characters. And he started this podcast to kind of like explore what manhood means. I want to say it's something like unpacking manhood or something along those lines. Um, but I looks, I hope I am saying their name correctly. It's man enough podcast. Oh, man enough podcast. Um, Alex was on the podcast and just kind of describing how the non-binary and trans experience really challenges the way we understand gender and like the real route to kind of like getting free from the hetero patriarchy is to really unpack what it means to identify as Mm non-binary and or trans. Um, And it was really, really interesting. It made me think a lot because there are these like constructs that like we then tie a lot to and like uphold that leads to a lot of the violence that we see. Um, So I really enjoyed hearing their perspective. It was so eye-opening. Maybe we can repost it or share it. So all the listeners can find it. But yeah, that is what I'm replying to. Yeah, I thought that was great too, Shadi. Thanks for sharing that with us. You ready, Chelsea? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you look like you're about to speak. I'm going to reply to um, the my reading group and our recent read. Y'all, I had to read this book in like two days. I don't know how the hell I did it. It gave us a month. The meeting is on Wednesday. Oh my Monday, God. Monday, I'm one chapter in bruh I just just I just sat I just sat and I just read the book I just read it and read it anyway the book was called these ghosts are family 
It's by a Jamaican author named Maisie Card. And it was really cool because in my workshop, the my professor brought the author in at the like the end of our meeting and we got to talk to her. It's just a crazy ass story about generational trauma and as this in this this family. And as you go further back there and throughout their family line, you meet like white people in their family and you hear from all these different perspectives and the way that they've held on to this trauma. It is wild. It's incredibly written. Uh, It's just crazy. And, And the way it begins is like the father in this family, like the patriarch, he is working a job in the UK and in the UK. Wow. I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. He literally went through my head as soon as you said it. I, I went, think I have UK. a problem. I think something's wrong with me. <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> wow. <laughs> For the listeners, that's just something that we do. And I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. But if we say the UK it has to be the UK. Anyway, so he's working a job in the UK and <laughs> the people that he's working for think that he and his coworker look a lot alike. So his coworker gets killed in like a shipping accident. And he pretends that he's the one who passed away, abandons his whole family and takes on a, a new identity. Wild. That's like the first two pages of the book. And it continues to get crazy. So I the recommend drama. the drama, the drama. Um, what am I leaving on red? Um, I mean, this is just only because it's top of mind. Gossip Girl. I don't know what the fuck is going on. You're still on watching this fucking it? show. I can't stop. Like I'm entertained by it, but it's it makes no sense. It is not. It like it doesn't make sense. Why would I the love teachers all the black be Gossip things, Girl? Though, like they put Christopher Rogers and they put Jeremy O'Harris, but I know every episode. That. Like the last episode I saw yesterday or that came out today technically had um princess nokia on it they shouted okay. out tyler mitchell it's like every time they name like a tastemaker is somebody black or brown yeah which is very cool it's trying to be current but the show just doesn't make any sense and i'm tired of watching these two black leads like pick on each other and try to fuck up each other's lives and no and for no reason like i know you're very passionate but what am i gonna say to you what stop slapping your oh, body shit. or the <laughs> table or whatever is near you to slap <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Chelsea. Um, I'm going to leave retinol on red. I <laughs> tried retinol and you may not be able to tell, but my skin is peeling off this whole area. The cheek under eye area literally is in pain, hurts to touch. Ow. And <laughs> Yeah, I'm leaving that on red. Everyone on Instagram is like, retinol, retinol. You got to put retinol on your skincare routine. So Did my you use sunscreen? Yes, I use sunscreen every day. That's one thing I'm very good at. I, I always use sunscreen. That's strange. Yeah. So retinol, my skin might be too sensitive. I have, I'm going to say I have more you. questions. Is this a straight up retinol? Is this a retinol in a it's, serum? It's only 1% retinol. It's Paula's Choice. Oh, Paula's Choice. Which was like highly recommended to me, but yeah, you know, I use something not called everything retinol, is for everybody. My my derm recommended some retinol to me, but sometimes I be wilding out and it's just it's too much. You gotta use that shit so sparingly. So sparingly. Yeah, my friend was like very that. powerful. My friend said her dermatologist told her that basically it causes the cells to like turn over so exactly. it's normal but I don't necessarily want to put something on my face that causes the skin to peel off. Right. 
Yeah. Okay. I just looked at mine and mine is 1% too. And I use it every day. I don't know. Yeah. You just have sensitive skin. Yeah. Yeah. And this is your first time ever using anything with a retinol. It is my first time ever using anything with a retinol. And then the day after I did go to the pool. Yeah. But I had on sunscreen and it was the day after. Like, are you supposed to wear retinol and like never see the sun? I don't know, girl. Might need a real strong sunblock. But yeah, yeah. ain't no joke. Little sensitive skin. You have to go hit up uh, I have our super good, good sis at Brooklyn Face and I. Mm-hmm. And maybe she can uh, assess. <laughs> and then I'm also leaving something else on red. I'm leaving fucking these people with these bots, these mm. resellers that buy up everything. I've been trying to get the Travis Scott, the new Royal Blue, Jordan 1s. And unless you have a freaking robot, it's literally impossible. And it's just so annoying that like, I mean, it's not totally annoying because for, for other reasons, but this like hype culture, it's just like, Everyone wants to get the same thing. It's like people don't even get what they like anymore. They just get what other people it's like tell to collect them to get. Too, yeah. but like it's like, how you guys don't even care? You just are buying love. it to. It's so annoying. Anyways. It's like a competition thing too. And there's like this. I was following um Soul Collector on Instagram, and literally this person got literally like I think two hundred pairs. Yeah, because I they saw have you bots. posted that. I'm like, that is so unfair. Like it's so yeah, fucked up. that's unnecessary. And it's just not cool. Like some of us just like sneakers and like just want to wear them. Like I'm not trying to resell them. I'm just, I want to wear them. Like that's not, I like stuff for me and like, I can't even get them. So if any one of our listeners wants to send me a gift (laughs) um, um, and just let me know. Thanks. (laughs) A gift though? Like not like, are you going to, you're not going to pay for them? They're just going to give them to you? I mean, if they have a plug. Sometimes people be having plugs. I watch these people just get shoes delivered to their house because somebody knows somebody. They probably be friends and with these bot people. my plug is playing people. games. She out partying in Miami. Wait, you have a plug? Of course I do. Oh. Excuse me. All right. <laughs> um, anybody got a hotline that's blinging? Do, 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 do. <laughs> No My hotline one. can't bling anymore, but oh, she's 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 cuffed. Oh, she's a wife. She's basically cuffed. <laughs> I did tell my old hookup. I guess the death of the bling. Like, yeah, sorry, it's like it's give over. him to Glenn. Wait, D. Yeah, give him to Glenn. No, Glenn that doesn't want him. <laughs> Why? He's so cute. So cute. I, I, like I said, I'm too old. I can't Horse do that. It's, it's no. Ew, Shade, that's disgusting. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I had to be like, sorry. Um, he was like, wow, I'm really happy for you. It's like, thanks, D, pal, <laughs> buddy. I know-, <laughs> um, I know we said that Hotline Bling is a segment that's for more than just texts from boys, right? But it always it? seems like it becomes text from boys. I'm over here like, damn. Literally, do I have any other type of texts? Do I have any other type I of texts? I have plenty of other type of texts. I, I could know. go on and on and on. I mean, I do. I mean, I told y'all both on, on the side. And I've spoken about this person before on the show. That Sade's mom is trying to hook me up with. 
And I was just been kind of fronting for a long time. I know, like, that was why I prefaced it that way. Like, damn, I wish I could give you all something else but a boy. But alas, it's a boy. But yeah, I'm going out with him after this. I hope it doesn't rain. It's raining. Oh, it's not raining raining yet. No, not yet, girl. It's on its way. I'm sure. My good sis, that's a black girl doing shit. So our black girl doing shit this week is Cheyenne. Um, she is a uh, makeup artist and a um, esthetician, and she owns a. I don't even know if it could be called a spa. It's like it's called XO Beauty Lab. It's right in Brooklyn, right in Bed-Stuy. Oh, I saw you one. Decalb, fire. Okay, they do everything in there. I went and I got dermaplaning, and I thought that I was just gonna get dermaplaned. It came with a whole customized facial, all of her materials. Oh wow, her dermaplaning comes with a facial. Correct. And the prices are so fair. And it was custom. She gave me an algae mask with rose and rose oil in it. I mean, it was just out of hand. And she has every fucking tool in the world. Like, And she's Trinidadian. Shout out. And she's our same age running this place. And it was the type of place, you know, you go into like a salon and people be kind of rude. Or like, Mm -hmm. I always feel a little bit awkward. I don't know who to go talk to. I walked in. She wasn't even at the front yet. They also have hairstylists that are right there on site. Mm. They were all like, hey, how are you? Welcome. Who's your appointment with? I just love that energy. Yes. So you can go there for a sewing. You can go there for braids. You can go there for multiple types of facials. They have a teeth whitening person in that. Mm. You can go there and spend the whole and day. Too, and, do, right? and nails. You could go there and get your and makeup. Whole life and makeup because uh, Cheyenne beats a face she did the makeup for my friend's wedding all of the bridesmaids my friend as well and she's been getting her makeup done, done by her for too. years she's so good Highly okay recommend. I'm gonna do some dermaplaning yeah yes. it was next level next level oh I cool. love this and we love a black woman entrepreneur and she's I was just so like impressed and proud like damn girl and the space is gorgeous. So yeah, God, I can't. And I, I think she designed enough. the space. By yes, herself. she did. That's yes. epic. And it's stunning in there. It's just yes. like the epitome of boss energy. If you all were looking at Glenn's stories ooh, at this point, it would have been like a week or so ago. This is the location that she went to and is referencing. So mm-hmm. pull up if you're in the area. Support Black business. Truly. Yes. Hey, BGT family, it's your girl, Chels Pinky. Uh, I know these are very strange times. You know, we've been in quarantine for over a year now, and things are slowly but surely going back to normal. But for some of us, we might need a little help in terms of our mental health and all that we've been going through. I just started speaking to a therapist, and it's been a great experience for me. Talkspace makes it super easy to match with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your home. You can start messaging with a therapist the same day that you sign up, which is pretty cool. You don't have to wait for any appointments, you know, scheduling that with, you know, going back to work and all the other things that are happening are difficult. Um, I also think it's important to talk to someone who's licensed and a professional because sometimes you go to your family or your friends and confide in them and you don't actually get any practical advice. So Talkspace is an incredible option if you need to talk to someone who is licensed, who is professional. 
Um, if you match with a licensed therapist, when you go on to Talkspace.com, you'll get $100 off your first month with the promo code BGT. That's BGT, of course, for Black Girls Texting. And that's $100 off when you use BGT at Talkspace.com. Trust me, the hardest part is getting started. Love ya. Hey, group chat. So if you've been listening, you know that my bedroom has been a little dry lately. I have not been getting it in and I really wish that I was. However, I have still been getting my sexy vibes in by burning this amazing candle from a brand called Whiskey and Woof. And are you ready for the title of this candle? The name of this candle? It is called The Number 69 Summer of Sex Y'all, this candle has fragrances of bergamot, ouds, and ambergris, ambergris, child. I just know that it smells damn good. We actually met the owner of this candle company. Her name is Coco Quill. She's a woman of color. Uh, the candles are made in Brooklyn. And we were at a wine tasting recently that we hosted. And she sprayed the scent. And everybody in the room literally was like, whoa, what is that? It just smelled sexy and hot and masculine. And actually, the owner, she was inspired by imagining what Idris Elba would smell like if he stepped out of the shower. So, I mean, I think that says it all. It literally smells like that. It's fantastic. Everything from Whiskey and Wolf is cruelty-free, Leaping Bunny certified, and Whiskey and Wolf also makes candles, reed diffusers, and fragrances. It's fabulous. You've got to get one in your house. Burn it when you just want to feel sexy on your own or, you know, if you've got a little lover coming by. So go to whiskeyandwoof.com. That's W-H-I-S-K-E-Y and A-N-D, woof, W-O-O-F. And also check her out on Instagram. It's whiskey underscore and underscore wolf and she's also on tiktok you know she's getting with the with the young gen z's so that's whiskey and wolf on tiktok oh you gotta get it it's so sexy it's so hot and we're all big fans of whiskey guys i'm geeking the fuck out fangirling beyond you have no fucking idea we have tanks in the building Tinks, a.k.a. Christina Najar, is the breakthrough star behind the At It's Me Tinks account. Christina is an L.A.-based Stanford grad and former brand strategist and now better known as TikTok's big sister. And I don't even have TikTok, so you've branched over to the (laughs) other side of the IG world for us old bitches. But in less (laughs) than a year, Christina has amassed over 1 million followers on her social media platforms, including her quintessential product reviews, Rich Mom, and other characters. And we love the mini mic with every step. You've worked with a range of brands. BMW Mini Cooper, which I think you crashed one, but that's okay. Um, Chipotle, Bliss, Spotify, The Real Real, and more. She has big plans for 2021. We're going to ask you for some of those, but not as big as the extra dirty martini she notoriously mixes. Welcome to the group. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. This is so fun, and I can't wait to get into it with you guys. Yes. Yes. I mean, we're all such big fans of yours, and I think we all started to find your content via your rich mom series you were always sharing shit with each other 
I was always like, oh my God, if I move to Beverly Hills, am I going to be this kind of mom? Like, what is it giving? I kind of looked to it like a guide. So how did that come to be? Um, Honestly, the rich mom thing is so funny because I, so I'm a writer by trade. And one of the things that I like to do is like free write when I wake up in the morning, just to get it out, like whatever I'm thinking. And a lot of the times when I was like working in corporate America, I would write these like rich mom characters. And then I would like back in the day, I've been doing this for so long and just like nobody knew about it. Only my, my friends, I would like put, put it up on my Instagram story. I would put up my like lame little like Ann Taylor pantsuit. And I'd be like, this is this rich mom. And it was just like a fun, like creative activity I did to keep my brain awake. Um, and then when the whole TikTok thing started to take off, I I was like, you know, this is so weird, this my rich mom obsession, but maybe other people would find it funny too. Um, and I tried it and people love it. And it's, it's kind of, it, I sit right on the line of like, I'm like lovingly making fun of these, these uh, stereotypes and the, that type of life. And it's like half satire, half loving, like you said, some of it's a guide. Um, it's just, a, it's all for fun. So yeah. that's, that's the origin story of rich moms. So Chelsea lives in Tribeca. What kind of rich mom is she? What would be like one staple as a Tribeca rich mom? Um, They love, um, they love that green coat from Amazon that everybody has. Yes. Chelsea owns that coat. You do? Okay. So there you go. So like, they love that because Tribeca rich moms are like low key. They're not too in your face. They're not like an Upper East Side rich mom, but they're, you know, obviously loaded. And so they love the Amazon coat. They love getting coffee at Jack's on Reed Street. They love a little date night at La Conda. Um, They love all their kids go to that, you know, expensive Japanese school or whatever that, you know, one is down there. Um, They're, they're iconic. I love Tribeca rich mom. They go to, (laughs) they go to dog pound to work out. Oh, yes. all the things things. so I think there the irony and the interesting sort of tension between this is that like you seem to know these rich moms well right like these are characters that you know intimately um spaces that you've also occupied so it's like in sort of poking fun at certain privileges you have some of those yourself so sort of how do you reckon with that as you're creating content even if you're living a rich mom lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think I lived in Tribeca for two years, for example, when I was in grad school. So I had a lot of like weird time off where like all my friends were at work and I would be like studying in a coffee shop and I got to observe the Tribeca rich moms in the, in the wild. Um, you know, I never want to be mean. I never want to be mean when I'm doing these, doing any of my content. So I try to stay on 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 that line that I was talking about like loving satire like Mm -hmm. you know these women kind of know that they have crazy cool lives and and I have had some access to it sometimes but um I never want to go too far in the direction of mean and too far in the direction of um uh I don't know like exposing them or whatever because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it is satire and and these characters are made up in my head and they're just kind of like the stereotypes run wild. So um, always wanting to be careful of from every different angle. Well, it's and, funny. Oh, yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Um, <laughs> Glenn, 
Gwen's also a writer. So she wrote in like our briefing doc, like we both live in Bed-Stuy and it's like Bed-Stuy rich mom. And it's like inherited a brownstone and multi-residence building from her family bought during white flight. And I'm like, oh my God, that's me. (laughs) Shops at Sincerely Tommy and buys fresh baguettes from Sarah every morning. (laughs) Exactly. There's, there's all different rich moms. And I, for every city I do, I'll have like I'll have like a consultant and I'll, I'll find a friend who's like from that oh. city and I'll be like, what's the tea? Like, not just where do they go to coffee, but like, for example, the Greenwich, Connecticut one, I've, I've never been to Greenwich. And so I talked to a bunch of friends and they were like, this is where she gets her hair done. Like this is this and that. And down to the detail of like the exact soul cycle instructor that they have to go with. <laughs> which like did was like maybe a little bit too far. I was like, thanks, that was out of pocket. <laughs> like that there's a soul cycle instructor out there called Connor who probably wants to kill me, but I had to put it in because it was like a juicy detail. So I love like learning about them. I don't know. I think making fun of coastal elites is hilarious, like in mm-hmm. a loving way. And I fully appreciate I am a coastal elite. Like I grew up in London, uh, then I lived in San Francisco, then I lived in New York and now I live in LA. Like I'm a walking character of myself and I get that. (laughs) Um, But the way that I kind of like to uh, uh, process that experience is like through humor and through satire. So I guess that kind of better answers your your previous question. Yeah, I got there. You got there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, Rich moms aside, what we really fell in love with was like your stories and you and your presence. And you're so open and vulnerable and giving with your time. Um, There's this crazy story that you have that involves like candles and some burns. I don't know if our listeners have heard it. We think it's hilarious. Can you retell that story for us? Yeah. So (laughs) when I, so grew up in England and then I moved to America to go to university and I went to Stanford and British people are very reserved with their emotions. So when I got to college, I was like, why is everyone hugging each other all the time? And like, why is everyone so touchy feely? Anyway, I was seeing this guy and he was like, you're really cold to me. We've been dating for like nine months. You won't call me your boyfriend. Like you won't hold my hand. And I was like, I like you, but this is a lot, but I didn't (laughs) want to lose him. So I was like, what do American people think is romantic? And also what do, what, you know, what's the, what can I do to show him? And I was like, okay, well, in every rom-com, the girl always has a lot of candles, like all over her apartment. So I biked to CVS. Yes, I biked because I could not drive until the age of 22. Um, And I bought like every Yankee candle. I'm talking like vanilla sugar cookie. Oh no. And then I like set up, my friends were like, this is a really whack idea, but if you have to do it, just please like make sure that you don't burn down our sorority house because if you do, the sprinklers will go off and they'll ruin all of our clothes. And I was, um, the older girl said that to me and I was like a a freshman or sophomore. And I was like, oh my God, like I would never disrespect you. Like don't burn down the sorority house tank. So I put all the candles right by the window, which was next to my bed because I thought like, okay, the smoke will go out the window. So I like create this setup and it literally looks like I'm about to perform human sacrifice. There's like 20 <laughs> candles and it's also finals week and Stanford is obviously incredibly geeky. It, so they take it very seriously. So everybody's like up, like studying and we're about to go on Christmas break. And I call up the guy and I'm like, I have a surprise for you. And he was like, okay, what? And I'm like, come over. So while he's coming over, I drink a bottle of wine. <laughs> Standard. Um, um, <laughs> Trader Joe's, I remember it here as day. My teeth were probably red. Um, 
then he gets there he's like really genuinely touched by this show because like clearly i've tried to make an effort and um so we drink another bottle of wine and we start fucking up and i'm like wasted at this point and i like start to hear this beeping noise and i was like what is that no what what is that and i look on the bed and my bed is on fire girl and because the, the the tip of the pillow had dipped into the candle and because I'm a basic bitch, I have a lot of throw pillows. And so everything was ablaze. So I'm like, oh my fucking God, I dismount. And I'm like, she oh my dismount. God, I have, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I have seconds to, the only thing I could think of, I didn't think about death. I didn't think about like anything. I thought about the older girl's clothes being ruined and how I would be like plunged by that. Right. So yeah. Like, fuck and I'm like, I, all I was doing was like whacking the pillows together to try and get the fire out. Like, I don't know, whatever. By the way, the guy stood there doing absolutely nothing. Mm. By the grace of God, I get the fire out. And I'm like, thank God. Like, oh my God. The door swings open. I'm naked. He's naked. My entire sorority is standing and they're like, Tinks, what the fuck? And I'm like, it's okay, guys. Like, I'm so sorry. Don't worry. The fire alarm didn't go off. We're good. We're good. And they're like, your hand. And I look down and I have like, it was bad. It was like charred meat, like no skin on my fingers. I was like, ah. And then I, I don't remember. I like went into shock. On the way to the hospital, to the ER, the guy played Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon. No. <laughs> And I was like, and he was like, he was like driving and he was like rushing and he was like, I know this isn't funny now, but I know you're going to want it for the story one day because you're just that type of person. And I was like, I don't have a hand. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so we go to the ER. They like, it was so bad. I mean, I, that was like over 10 years ago because whatever. So imagine I had to Skype my mom in England. Imagine. Oh my God. She must have been so scared. 6,000 miles away. And I, you get a Skype from your daughter. And I was like, hi, I'm going into get skin grafts right now. So see you on the other Bruh. side. Yeah, it was really bad. So, and I, and I missed all my finals and I was literally in the Santa Clara burn unit. Um, I didn't know this, but at, at, at the time, but every county has one burn unit. So I was in Santa Clara. And I had to sleep with my hand tied to the ceiling because it was so infected. It was a mess, you guys. It was literally oh so gosh. bad. And the worst part was when I got back to school, not only did I have to wear like a Michael Jackson cell compression glove like mm, for mm-hmm. the entire six months, um, but also again, dating myself with like how old I am, but I had all these like Facebook messages that were like, we heard that you tried to set Owen on fire, like in bed or like, what? wait, what sorority were you in? I was in Theta. And they were like, they were like, you're, they were like, you're into pyromaniacs. You're like, you're whatever. And I was like, no, I wasn't. I was just trying to be sexy. sexy. And so the more, the cheesy moral of the story is like literally just be yourself. And by the way, we dated for three years because I had the thought that like when I was being rolled into the emergency room, I was like, well, now my hand is mangled. So I better lock this guy down. (laughs) And he should feel like valid, right? Because you did it for him. So he has no choice, but literally. And I was like, see my boyfriend. (laughs) Uh, That is hilarious. And now you made me think about Stanford. And now I'm thinking about Issa Rae, who also went to Stanford and recently she came out as like married and everyone's like that's how I want my relationship to be like mm. pop out married like don't show anything on Instagram move in silence, da, 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 move in yeah. silence blah, 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 blah. I have a boyfriend I post him on Instagram 
How do you feel about posting on Instagram? Should you wait till you're married to pop out on (laughs) IG? Um, It's actually really funny. You mentioned her. I just finished her book, um, Mm -hmm. which is amazing if you guys haven't read it. And I like respect her so much because she's very like, that's just kind of the way she operates. I feel like she will do it. And then she'll say she did it. And I do appreciate that in both celebrities and also normal people. Like, I think Mm -hmm. it's always, this isn't the question you asked, but I'm just saying like, (laughs) I always think it's, it's kind of sus when people are like, I'm going to do this and that. And like, I'm going to do this and Mm -hmm. And she just does it. And then she's like, by the way, I did this. And I think that that's very classy and cool. And I really look up to her. Um, Well, the boyfriend thing, I think, I mean, I think if you are active on social media, it's pretty difficult to not mention like a big part of your life like you have a boyfriend like it's a huge part of your life so I don't know I mean I usually talk about the guys I'm dating with a nickname like because I do tell my followers everything yeah. and then sometimes they cheat on you and we'll get into that but um but and people keep asking me like oh are you gonna are you gonna continue to talk about your dating life because mm-hmm. obviously this was like a little bit humiliating and like the answer is yes I probably will because I take my followers with me on every step of the way and it's like you know who you're dating and like how you're feeling emotionally reflects and like my followers know they're so smart like they would know if something was up so mm-hmm. I don't regret it like I don't regret falling for him I don't regret being vulnerable and telling everybody how happy I was because I was really happy um Mm. and I I will probably and also whoever I'm dating will need to know that my most important relationship this sounds bad is like with my followers not my most important relationship but like that's a lifelong thing for me now so Mm. they're going to have to respect that um that I do tell my followers like how I'm feeling and stuff so I love that. And I think one of the reasons why people like are obsessed with you and like love you and feel like you're their big sis is because you're vulnerable. And I think it reminds me of like Brene Brown, like you can't really fall in love if you're not vulnerable, in my opinion. Totally. I love Brene Brown. You could get hurt. Yeah, you can get hurt. And it's like, but it's, yeah. So a couple of things. Firstly, Brene Brown is amazing. I'd recommend her books to anybody who hasn't um, read them. And she, like, I did think about her a lot when I was like, when I found out and I was like deciding how I should tell my followers what happened. And I was like, being vulnerable is a superpower. And for so long, we've had this narrative that like, if you show emotion, you're weak. Or like, if you show emotion, that's like, oh, just a woman like being upset or whatever. And I want to do my very small part to change that narrative. Mm -hmm. And even like, with cheating, to be completely honest with you, like, the narrative is always, oh, that girl got cheated on. And it's like, why don't we say that guy is a cheater? You know, right, like right. think about, this is a silly example, but like, think about, I mean, I'm a millennial. How old are you guys? You guys are all younger than me. I'm, I'm about 20, 30 10. girl. Okay. Okay. So, but like, like <laughs> when we were growing up, like the big scandal was like Brad and Jen and Angelina, right? Yes. Yes. Think about, think about the narrative that was in the media. It was Angelina versus Jen, like yeah. two women, not the guy, not the right. shithead guy. Like, don't you think that that's interesting? And like, every time, you know, that happens in Hollywood, it's always like, Oh, the poor woman. It's like, no, that's not, let's move away from that narrative. Like it's not embarrassing to love someone. It's also not embarrassing to trust the person mm, you love. Right. So, you know, I thought a lot about Brene Brown when I was going through it, because I was like, if I can show my followers that, 
you know, you have to be strong and you can't, you can't like shut your heart off just because you got betrayed, then that's the silver lining to this. Yeah. So here's my hesitancy though. And I, and I don't know, cause Issa Rae had like kind of alluded to some things about her being very private. And cause I think everyone knew she was engaged cause she was yeah. like wearing yeah. an engagement ring. She was on ring. magazine. Covers yeah. People just didn't know like who it was or like the details. And like, I wonder if that's because she didn't, whatever. I won't speak for her. For me, I don't really like to share too much because like you don't want everyone in your business like putting their opinions. Totally. Like when my ex was a piece of shit, like every time if I'm like, he did this, he did that. And then yeah. you turn around and the person's like, well, that's because blah, blah, blah. Right. Remember that one time he did da, da, da. And you're like, oh my God. Okay. I didn't tell you this for you to like bring it back up to me. Like, well, that's a good question. Should you talk to your girlfriends like in your group chat about the shitty things your your man does? That is the age old question. I was actually chatting with a friend yesterday because you know what? Your friends never get over it. Like, even if it's a small friends, never forgive the guy. Like they never forget the shit that he did. And you have to be so careful, like, especially in the first couple months of dating, I think what you tell your friends, because like in the first couple months of dating, you literally act like you're an investigative journalist. Like every time you hang out with a guy, you come back to your friends and you're like, and then he ate a sandwich and then he said this. And it's like, you just blab and blab because you're excited. Right. But then like, like to your point, you obviously sometimes are like, oh yeah, like he couldn't get it up or like, oh yeah, he actually said this thing that made me feel weird. Your friends remember every single thing. And if he has a big indiscretion, you know, he's a jerk to you. He ghosts for a while. He, you know, God forbid cheats on you, like blah, blah, blah. Your friends, they never get over it. Like, even if you're like, guys, I'm swearing good. And don't even get me started on your families. Like if you tell your family something about the guy, they'll never like, yeah, it's tricky. You, You should, of course, tell your friends, but I do advise that you should just be mindful if you think it's someone you're going to spend a lot of time with then don't like don't bitch about like every tiny thing that yeah because it's just yeah. like it, you know they get they build up in your friend's mind mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we create narratives we you create have lots of tinks truisms i just made that up i don't know if that if anyone's ever said that might want to coin it, <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> about <laughs> um dating and box theory is a big one and reverse box theory can you talk to us about that yes so box theory is my theory that when a man meets you in a Roman, wow, I can't wait to have a glass of wine tonight. I'm like, oh, I literally I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, wow. I can't wait. I'm um, drinking a fake disco mug right now. Oh. <laughs> um, so box theory, when a guy meets you in a romantic setting, so I'm saying like you go on a blind date, you meet on an app, you meet at a bar, whatever, he puts you in a box. He either wants to date you, he wants to hook up with you, or he wants nothing to do with you. Okay, well, the third option is simple. He wants nothing to do with you. It's pretty clear, you know, move on. <laughs> hook up and date box are very different. The point of box theory is that there is very little that you can do to move boxes. Like once a guy has made the decision, like say he has decided he wants to date you, you can get wasted on the first date. You can puke mm. on his shoes. You can like act like a psycho and he'll be like, it's so cute. Like so have cute. sex with him on the first date. Oh my God. That, my, boyfriend, so I've, my boyfriend, okay. I had sex on the first date and we're still together years later. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to date you. He, he knew immediately. Vice versa. If you're in the hookup box, you can literally be like, I love Jesus. Like I pray <laughs> every day. Like I love knitting and crocheting. You cannot have sex with him for a year. He's still not going to want to date you. 
And then people are like, Tanks, that's so like, that puts all the power in the guy, whatever. But it's, that's not the way to think about it. Mm. It would be empowering because the point is you should sleep with a guy when you feel like sleeping with him, when you are ready to. Don't think, it's basically box theory is a reaction to all that nonsense that's like, wait three dates or wait till he's bought you dinner five times or wait till you spent a total of 20 hours. And I'm like, all that like <laughs> early 90s, 2000s dating rules, that's bullshit. Like you should sleep with someone when you feel good and ready and you feel detached from the outcome. You feel like, I just want to do this for me. Like I feel good about this and don't worry about it. Reverse box theory is really applies to especially women in their younger twenties. I feel that so many girls before even meeting a guy, sometimes will put a guy in the date box. Mm -hmm. They will literally see a fucking five out of 10 on a dating app. And all of a sudden fucking Derek from down the street is their, is their husband. They will yep. literally become obsessed with him. And, and I've done it. We've all done it. Like you, your friend is like, oh, I'm going to set you up with someone. You know, his name is like Chad or whatever. And you're like, Chad, Chad, <laughs> I'm going to marry Chad. Yeah. And you know, you start to, and you're like, what's Chad like? And they're like, oh, you know, like he's an accountant and he has a dog. And you're like, I love dogs. Mm -hmm. And I also love counting. And it's just like, <laughs> you start to like hype yourself up. By the time you get to your first fucking drinks with Chad, you're so, he's on such a pedestal and you haven't even met him yet. And you're like, I want to date him. I want to date him. And it just puts the power dynamic totally off. And it, that's why girls are so, they're so nervous when they go to, you know, I get all these notes, like things I'm so nervous for a first date. It's like, because you put him on a pedestal. Yeah. The first date is like this, you're equal. You're just sniffing each other's butts, seeing if there's a vibe. Like, mm -hmm. it's like we, girls future trip way more than guys. Like, oh my I'm God. Yes. My, I was going to say my therapist calls it future tripping. Yeah. And she's like, you future trip way too hard. Way too hard. Like, girls date like venture capitalists and guys date like stockbrokers. Like guys literally are like, I want that today. And girls are like, well, if, you know, in three years and I get a haircut <laughs> and he got a headboard and he got a job and then we're different. Fine. It's because everyone tells us like our whole lives that we have a timeline, right? right. Whereas guys well, don't. Guys don't. So it's just like, yeah, but we date differently. So basically I'm, I'm telling girls, like, especially younger ones, if they can learn from my mistakes, like, don't, don't let that guy get in that box before he deserves it. Like, yeah. does he funny? Is he kind? Does he fucking remember your friend's names? Does he ask you about your horrible boss? Does he make plans in advance? Like, does he respect and value your time? He needs to earn getting in that box. He doesn't just get to fucking arrive in it. That's not right. Correct. I love that. A sermon. Glenn um, is a first date tonight. Yeah, I was gonna say I have a first date tonight. We were Ooh. supposed to go out to dinner, but I'm not gonna make it in time. So we're gonna go see a Flying Lotus show. So okay. we're meeting at a concert. Can Advice? I just preface with the fact that I firmly believe he has already put you in the date box? Yes, yes, yes. That's well, very obvious. He, yeah, I kind of. How did you meet? Through Shade. Shade's mom. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so then I feel like he's in the, yeah, you're in the date box, especially if he planned dinner and a concert and now mm -hmm. it's like a concert, like, yeah, you're in the date box, which is fun. The only thing about a concert is like, try and go for a drink before because otherwise you're just going to be like, hey, what's exactly. up? <laughs> right. And he, the, oh, here's the weird thing. Doors are at eight, but there's like two acts and he's like, yeah, so you can meet me when the doors open and I'm judging. Is that weird? 
You're I judging. think that's odd. It's Who gets to the concert when the doors open? We don't he wants to, to spend people. time so with you, mean. you biatch. But we could go have drinks instead. I would suggest that. I would be like, oh, for sure. Like, let's meet at eight, but want to get a drink and we can we can like make the second like whatever opener or whatever. Okay. Just suggest it. Whatever. I'm, I'll do it. I'm gonna try it. I have another question. Oh, like, go ahead. Yeah, because otherwise you're gonna be like listening to the people you don't care about and not talking to him. And then so it's like go have a drink, vibe, and then you'll have a fun, more fun time like when you know the main act is we've actually met we've never met before he lives yeah. in the virgin islands it's like a whole he's thing he's a barrister he's a barrister oh oh, oh you can know about that right I rich mom vibes. <laughs> barrister is such a rich mom vibe that's <laughs> i love that for you okay so we'll see we'll see okay you've also said that ghosting is little dick energy i find myself having to ghost people a lot because <laughs> people come at me very like people get crazy so like I had a plumber that came by a couple weeks ago (laughs) like an actual plumber an actual plumber came to fix my pipes (laughs) and and then he like wrote his number on my receipt and he was kind of fine and yeah we texted and then he just started getting wild he was just like oh can our first date be at the altar I want to do this and that with you and I just stopped answering him is that ghosting is appropriate in that situation (laughs) um Okay, that is like a crazy situation. <laughs> I would even still, ugh, it, in that situation, I would maybe be like, hey, uh, like, I actually started, I, in that situation, I would maybe condone a white lie and just be like, mm. I started seeing someone like, please don't text me again. Thanks, like whatever. But for the most part, I do think ghosting is small dick energy. I'm saying, I'm, I'm talking about like, if you have gone on a date with someone, it's just like, it's unacceptable. I just think like we're all grownups and I, you know, we have to hold ourselves to a high standard. And it's like, it's, it's only scary until you write out the text and you're like, that was literally not a big deal. And that's why I'm happy to write it out. Like literally every ask me anything, someone will ask me and I'm like, I'm happy to write it out because it's definitely hard to get over the hump, especially again, if you're a little younger and you like think that's so cringe to be honest, but just to be like, Hey, like it was cool getting to know you. I don't feel a romantic vibe. I really respect you. And I know you're looking for the real deal too. So I don't want to waste anyone's time. Good luck out there. And it's just and like, I love that. It's simple. like, why do we play these games in dating? Like, just be honest. But also I know we, we've talked a lot about boys and sometimes I don't like talking about boys. Do you mm. have any like friend advice? Like, have you ever had to like break up with a friend? Mm. Like anything like that? Gosh. Yeah. Friendships. Well, first and foremost, I always say that like female friendships are the most important thing to me. I went to an all girls school my whole life. And then as I just mentioned, I was in a sorority. Like I do think that friends, female friendships are like, to me, the most important thing. And regardless of how I feel about her now, JLo, one time I heard her speak at the wing and in New York, I don't know if you guys remember the wing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I was a member there and, and she came to talk and she was like, you know, I've had so many boyfriends, like she was making fun of herself in a cute way, which was nice. I I feel like we never see that from JLo. She was like, I have had so many boyfriends. Like I've got, I've been married, I've been divorced, like whatever. Um, And she was like, but you know what? The women in your life, like are the people who show up for you when shit hits the fan, like really bad shit. And that is true. And I think being a good friend and being a loyal friend is so important. I mean, one piece of friend advice that I say a lot is like, learn to feel your friend's accomplishments and successes and happinesses 
in your bones. Like mm. we, Ooh, I love that. again, like there's a lot of comparison out there. And, and I think we're made to feel like women always have a scarcity mindset. Like we mm. always feel like there isn't enough to go around for us and we like men, jobs, everything. And so like, sometimes we get in our, each other's way because we're like, we get competitive with each other. That's not true. And the way that we're going to, uh, raise ourselves up is by recognizing that her success is not my failure. And mm. that is really, really key. So like, I always tell the girls, like, if you're, cause they're like, well, my friends are married or like, oh, my friend has a better job or she's making more money than me. I'm like, feel like, like that's a win for the team. Like when right. your friend gets engaged, you're like, fuck yes. Like my friend found the love of her life. Like, even if your friend goes on a good date, like I'm sure you've all had it where you know, that type of like toxic, like mid twenties friend where you'll be like, Oh my God, the date was amazing. And she'll be like, Oh, I haven't been on a good date in so long. Yeah. Yeah. That is like that. We're not about that energy. Like if your friend, if something good happens to your friend, you have to be like, yeah, like that's a feather in my cap too. Like that's for the team. That's so that's something that I always tell girls to focus on is like these, the women that you surround yourself with, like they're who has your back and who bolster you up. So feel their success as your own joy and support them any way you can. And that will in turn like help you. So mm-hmm. I love that. That's a word. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you about that. Cause we interviewed um, a journalist her name is Marjan Carlos. Mm-hmm. And I think she turned 35, if not a little bit older than that, she yeah. might be like 37. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how everybody has their own timeline and how she thought she might've been at a different place at 37. She's unmarried now. She still feels like she has accomplishments that she wants to make in her career, but she's really working on that, like resisting the, the, the desire to compare. Um, And I also just love that. Like I'm about to turn 30 this year. You're 30 creating Mm -hmm. content and kind of stepping into this new chapter that maybe you've never even imagined could have been a part of your story. Yeah. Right. Um, what has, what, what was a, a big lesson that you learned in your twenties mm. and what would you say is like 30 year old energy? Cause I need to know what I'm stepping into. Thirties <laughs> are get excited. It's literally the best decade of your life. Well, so far, I feel like it's, it's such an incredible, um, feeling like I always tell girls, like I literally found my dream job at 29. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like the timelines that we tell ourselves, are fake. Like they are completely made up. Like the only one which is real and I'm totally acknowledging it. So you guys know I'm not bullshitting you is like, yeah, women have a biological timeline. That's something that unfortunately we have to consider. Okay. That's a separate issue. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, there is no timeline. There's no timeline to finding the love of your life. There's no timeline to finding your job, your dream job or your passion or even your dream hobby. And the fact that we're fed this notion that like, you know, you hit your twenties and then it's like, well, the clock is ticking. You better get that house in the suburbs. You better get that perfect job. Right. It's so detrimental to our progress as women, as human beings. And it just couldn't be further from the truth. Like as soon as you release yourself from that timeline, I think for me, like when I was 29 and I was, I made the decision, I was like, I'm going to go content full time, like as a mm-hmm. 30 year old person, like I'm going to become a 30 year old TikToker. as soon as I released myself from the timeline, I felt this incredible sense of freedom. And I love the phrase, like, it's not too late and you are not too old. And I think that that goes with everything. And like, it's just your thirties are like, oh my God, it's like, you can breathe. It's like you, Hmm. I feel a lot less insecure. I feel a lot more like I know myself. I feel 
more confident in for asking what I want in work, in relationships, in bed, in, in friendships. Like you just feel more like, I know who I am. I know what I deserve and I know my worth. And that's why like so much of what I try to tell my girls is like, is like, I'm trying to tell them that earlier. Like I, I wish I had yeah. known like what I deserve when I was 25. Like I wish I, I knew what I knew now then. So that's kind of what I'm trying to tell them. It's like, don't take shit from guys. Like don't waste time on someone who literally doesn't know your last name. Like, do you know how much mm. time I spent in my twenties? Like pining over some douchebag named Chris who literally didn't know my last name. And I was like, but do you think he's going to text me? And if I can save a girl from two weeks of that, yeah. That's so yeah, I feel like your early 20s is unfortunately like a lot of undoing, which is like natural, but it's an undoing of things that are like put on us that are fake and like not true. Like, I don't know who's doing it. I don't know who's sprinkling the lies, <sighs> the media, but you know, like <laughs> but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, do, I do think it in some ways it is. I'm like, listen, I don't want to put all pin everything on like rom-coms in the media, but like you know, I do think a lot about, I made a TikTok about this, um, like the stereotypical movie of like the girl in her young 20s who moves to New York. And anybody mm, who lives yeah. in New York knows that you don't arrive in a shiny yellow cab with your two suitcases to your somehow perfect apartment and slam the door. And then, oh, you meet your best friend. And oh, your job that is actually supposed to be for someone who's 45, but the girl who's 20 gets it. She has money for shoes. And like, she like she a rat never runs over her foot. It's like she never gets like ghosted by some JP Morgan finance douche. Like it's and then so everybody who moves to New York and is young and is like, oh, I'm actually broke and I hate my job and I hate my roommate and I hate that a rat ran over my foot last night at 2 a.m. They feel even worse about themselves because they're like, but why do does my life not look like this? So all this to say comes back to my number one mantra, which is comparison is the thief of joy. Like you can't compare yourself to media, your friends, whatever, because it's just like, it's, that's my main message that I wish I'd known in my twenties. I would say I learned that when I was like 25, 26, because before that I was like dying. I was like, Oh my God, I worked in fashion and all my Stanford um, counterparts worked in like, or classmates worked in like tech and uh, banking and they were making a lot more money than me and I was like I feel like such a failure like I went to Stanford like I should be doing better I should be making more money like I don't know what I'm doing and then I moved and I, I like kept changing jobs and I was like I'm not in a relationship I don't like my job I'm not making good money I don't know that I want to live in San Francisco for the rest of my life and it was just like this comparison was making me feel 10 times worse on top of yeah. trying to figure out like what the fuck I was doing with my life um, and then finally I got to New York and I was like, oh, this is a terrifying place. And <laughs> I'm not going to survive here if I don't learn to stop comparing myself. And then you layer on Instagram, you know, you go on Instagram, right. freaking jump in front of moving traffic because everybody seems to be on vacation and having all the time. <laughs> it's like, you know, you could drive yourself crazy. So that's why you have to like rewrite the neural pathway. And every time you think, oh, but she has a great boyfriend, control, alt, delete that. Comparison is a thief of joy. The only thing that matters is your present day, your goals, what you're grateful for. Ground yourself in that. Tell me you're writing a book. 
<laughs> or like, right. Uh, oh, I saw the eyebrow lift. Right. <laughs> as much as my Botox doctor will allow, by the way. Right. So we both, Shadi and I both just got Botox in our foreheads and I'm just like loving how I can, it's, I'm it's like, just my eyes can open only. Yeah. I'm like, what? No, I can't move my forehead. And I like it's because she's an earth sign. So she's smart. Virgo. Chelsea has this like Capricorn like agenda this earth kind of agenda <laughs> I mean I have a lot of earth in my chart but she just yeah. likes right. to slip it in when she so can. lean into it earthy <laughs> or I love earth signs we're very we're, we're grounded we're very like you know yes but I, and I totally agree with everything you said but I just want to add another layer into it and we can get into it we cannot but also like the like the whole like don't compare yourself comparison is a thief of joy I agree but there are statistics, right? Mm. Especially for Black women. Mm. We are the least swiped on. Mm-hmm. We are the least married. So I do think that like we do need to date intentionally yes. if we want to get married. And like there's just like a different layer. Like even if you look at media, like we're, we're just not, unfortunately, like not represented. Not represented. Not yeah. what people look at as like hashtag goals. Right. So yeah. How do you guys feel about that? I don't know. That's real as hell. Truly. Yeah. I mean, I look around and I see so many of my like incredible black friends, women friends that are just like so single. impressive, killing it. Single, single. We hosted yeah. a um, uh, speed dating event last week and the ratio was just giving what it looks like in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The women showed up, qualified women. Beautiful. I personally feel like some of the men we pulled we dug them up we pulled them <laughs> can you please come like that was the energy you know yeah no I it, in Issa's book she quotes a statistic which I don't remember the exact oh, statistic I but actually educated black women are the are the least married demographic in the U.S. which is just like such a horrific and ter- terrifying statistic and Asian men I guess but mm-hmm. um yeah I mean there's no representation and it's I I think that in that case, yeah, I agree. You would have to date more intentionally. You should date more intentionally and be even more mindful of your time and and just make sure that you're getting what you deserve and continuing to uh, to know your worth, even though it's not being honored in every yeah. in every way. Like, yeah, it it's yeah, it's a different it's experience. Like, you have to also pull away maybe different things I mean everyone struggles with imposter syndrome right but that is like a very known thing especially around amongst like black women in their careers like there's like a like I think another layer of things that we've been kind of taught and things that are ingrained in us that are very true like work twice as hard get half as much all that stuff but I think there's also a level and a layer of also just being like I don't give a fuck we had Ebony K. Williams Mm. on uh, a few weeks ago and she was like I am like we're divorcing myself from making white people feel comfortable because mm-hmm, like yeah. I don't need to do that anymore and like I'm doing that at the age of however 30 plus she is and it's like such a delicate balance right because you still want to you want to have food on the table now like you, you don't want to like piss everybody oh. off right. but I think it also comes to a degree of like okay maybe I spent a lot of my life in these spaces where I was trying to accommodate everybody and like I can't do that and yeah. making white people comfortable is like a huge energy drain that black people bear the burden of especially black women 
and you think about like, I think about like the trope of like the angry black woman and how my black female friends are afraid to show like even mild levels of, of emotion in fear of triggering that. And it's just like, yeah. I, yeah, I thinking the uh, Gabrielle Union's book, I don't know if you guys have read that. I know, but I know it. Yeah. It's literally the book changed my life. Like I worship her. I'm fucking obsessed with her. You should read it. She, she doesn't, she, I guess she does talk about it directly, but she talks a lot about being a black woman in Hollywood and navigating mm-hmm. that space, dating as a black woman in Hollywood, and also like just not trying to make white people comfortable, which mm-hmm. in Hollywood is extra difficult. Yeah, yeah. I can it, imagine. Like, it was a very illuminating book. She's an icon in every way. She has amazing dating advice. And I, I would recommend that book to absolutely everyone because it's a phenomenal read. Yeah, I well, think it's called We're Going to Need More Wine, right? Oh, cute. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. we need to yeah. read that. She's actually coming yeah. out with a new book in um, fall. I literally am so, I'm obsessed with it. She's she's one of my idols. Well, uh, I know the Times is pulling up on you soon. Yes. Um, but what would you do? Yeah, let's do the What Would You Do? Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you do. Yeah. I don't know if you know the City High song. It's like, what would what you would do you if someone was at home? home crying all alone. Hungry, hungry. And the only way to feed him is to do the Some man. Come on. Oh, you are right. You are one. What a baby. That's no excuse to be living all crazy. Where on the eye said, every day I wake up hoping to die. I literally have a that oh, is oh such an God. iconic song. Imagine we were young <laughs> talking about what would you do if your son was at home crying all the I mean, I used to sing it all the time. The beat just like slapped. I really didn't realize like they were Pretty high. The best song. It's the best song it's ever. So I can do the whole thing. I love it. It's a best song. It's a segment that we have basically and we have we get listener letters and I know that you are such a good advice giver. So typically we do this without without the guests, but like we wanted to do it with you. So we have experts. two. I'm going to read it really fast. The first one is, Dear BGT, I am 30 years old and new to LA. Dating has always kind of sucked, but in this city, it's even more annoying. I have been seeing this guy who is 35 since the start of summer. We go out pretty often and I honestly was kind of starting to like him. I expressed that I wanted to have have deeper convos since our relationship felt a little surface level and he all of a sudden got very weird the day i bought i brought it up to him was really rough for us we continued our day date together but he kept throwing we kept throwing shade at each other as if we were both annoyed by each other that day by the end of the date i told him my intentions were to date to find a long-term partner and then asked what his intentions were I wasn't asking like, what are we or can we be boyfriend, girlfriend, but I just wanted to know if he if he was dating seriously or just dating casually. I am still waiting to hear back. I'm wondering if I don't hear from him in a day or week or however long much time, if I should reach out or just move on. Ma'am, you say you're still waiting to hear from him? I'm I'm actually devastated. Hold also, a funeral. Hold a funeral uh, immediately. Hold a funeral. Okay. Also, side question. Also, do you suggest asking guys what their intention is at the start of dating or just go with the flow and have fun? Oh, no, because, you know, like if you're confused, they don't like you enough. Like if you're confused, he's dating casually. Like, you know, when a guy wants to date you, mm-hmm. I feel so bad for this person because that sucks. And the fact that they've been seeing each other for a while now, and he literally didn't even give her an answer. She's still waiting. Like, no, she has to cut it off immediately. Well, any dating advice? Because she said dating in cut LA it. is really hard. 
dating in LA is difficult. I, you know, I'm always reluctant to be like, to give in and say it's difficult. Like, yes, it's LA. Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's flaky. Um, and everybody has Peter Pan syndrome. However, if you choose to live here, like the worst thing you can do is think like, oh, it's hard. And I'm complaining because then it's like, that's the energy you'll have around you. So I'm always Mm -hmm. really careful. I'm like, don't be negative about it. Like if you live here, like you live here and there are good people everywhere and you can find like, there's, I believe people have like a lot of different soulmates. So like, I don't, I don't like to buy into that. I would say date on the West side. I don't know where she lives. (laughs) Date on the West side for sure. Um, and don't invest too much time in someone before you, you know, you can suss them out. Right. So like, don't the beginning of summer, like what it's August now. So you've been dating him for like two months or whatever. Don't, um, Mm -hmm. make sure you're matching their energy. Like if someone can't be bothered to like plan a date in in advance, plan a concert and dinner, whatever for you, like, then they don't care about you. And I'm not saying this would be harsh. I'm saying it because like our time is so valuable and it's the only limited resource we have. And yet we will go on dates with people we don't really like. We'll, we'll waste an entire summer on someone who doesn't even fucking text us back. It's the only limited resource we have. So we need to get wiser about it. Like think about, I had an amazing therapist once. She was like, think about like when you're going to buy like a new purse, you think about it for weeks. You're like, should I buy it? Like, oh my God, you guys like it. Should I get black or brown? Like what Literally do you think? Us. I could wear it like this, whatever. But then we'll say yes to all these weird time commitments. Time is the only thing that we, it's short. We got one life. Like yeah. he's not, if he's not valuing your time and, and giving you what you want, cut it. Yeah. I, should you oof. cut it or become friends? No. Friends. Well, if you, can, if you can, if you can successfully transition into a friendship, sure. Cause it's always good to like, you know, keep the circle growing. But um, I mean, this yeah. person doesn't seem like, the nicest guy like that thoughtful of your time so like does that then shift when he's a friend like maybe the pressure is alleviated but like I don't want my friend to be flaky like that either totally yeah Yeah. just like honestly yeah it sounds immature well well, I abridge it they've been going out on dates they've been enjoying each other's company but when she brought up how do you feel like are you serious then he got weird but okay so so that's that's a bad sign we say yeah red flag the second and last, what would you do for this week is, dear BGT, I know Sade, <coughs> sorry, I had COVID last week. Um, I know Sade lived in Cali for some time and loved it, but I am more of a Chelsea. I love New York City. I think it's the best city in the world. I may have a new job opportunity in LA though, and I'm just worried that I won't fit into that LA quote unquote kind of culture. Plus, I have such a solid community here in NYC, and my family is here too. Any advice on moving to a new city, especially across the damn country? Okay, first, can I just preface with, I did not love Cali. Mm -hmm. I tolerated my initial experience, and then I made lemonade with my lemons because that's where I was going to be. She lives in the Bay. We're all New Yorkers. It's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're West Coast, but yeah. But you've done NorCal and SoCal. So you kind of yeah. have like a, yeah. Yeah. The Bay is tough. Yeah. Woo. Um, I, I know. I, I take that back. I, I love my time there, but I, but I, I understand why people have grievances with the Bay area. I think it can be very homogenous and I think it can be very dry. So I get it, but not um, another Patagonia fucking like, A sea of Brad's and Chad's all <laughs> and mid-level engineers in Google and they're in their, in their <laughs> not mid-level 
with their like not even like entry level I'm like <laughs> I'm like all you can offer me is free lunch at Google like no and you know that is a personality trait that is how no, they introduce themselves no, I'm know. like what the fuck is wrong with you like bizarre it's like, like hi I work at Google yes <laughs> Well, I guess in LA, it might be like, hi, I'm an actor. I'm a model. In LA, it's like, I'm three degrees removed from uh, this celebrity. Like, yeah. that's, that's the vibe. But the thing is, there's assholes in every city and there's good people in every city. And you can choose to see whoever you want to see. And my advice is after having moved from London to Stanford to Stanford to San Francisco, San Francisco to New York, New York to LA... Wow. Change change is really hard, but you never know if you're going to like something until you try it. And there's a perfect city for ev- for everybody. Like I I really try not to actually say mean things about other cities because mm-hmm. like I get it. Like I get it. My friends who love New York, I totally get it. it there's there's amazing things about it. The energy is uh, there's nothing like it and it's it's the most energizing city in the world. There's good things about LA too. Like if you have a good job opportunity, I always think if, especially if you're young, like try it, like follow yeah. that curiosity, like give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? You come home, like who cares? You know, you're young. It's, it's an experience. It's, it's another, uh, another beat on your necklace to, like mm-hmm. in the story of your life. And it's, you, it, you can learn something about yourself. And even if that's that you hate LA, that's something valuable to know. Otherwise you'll always wonder. Very much true. I I agree in that. Like, I think the experiences part is like the best. Like, when else would you do it? I mean, you could, but think about like all the other elements that come into your life as you get a little bit older. It's not as easy to just like pick up and move and transition. So, like, right, if you have this, kids. right? So, like, if you <laughs> have this opportunity, like, take it, lean and this in. Is your, like a job, like already, right? Like, right. Want to move and they can't find a job. Like, I moved exactly. to LA and I was like literally doing all sorts of random odd jobs. So like (laughs) you have the security of that, that's already like a built-in network and a built-in like structure. So that's like half the battle. Uh, Well, talking with you, we are probably even more obsessed than we were before. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Where can our people find you? Is there anything that you want to announce to our listeners that you're working on or? Um. I have sweat patches. That's what I want to announce. I'm an exclusive at it's me tanks on Instagram at tanks on TikTok. Um, I do ask many things on Mondays and Thursdays on my Instagram and I love you guys. And I love, I love all my followers and I'm just, I'm really honored that you asked me to be, um, on your show and it was so fun chatting. You're all really good interviewers. And it was I always say that like podcasting is kind of like dating because you know, it's going to be a good conversation when you sit down and you just like kind of go into it. And it's not like, you know, when you sit down on a date and they're like, so where are you from? And you're just like, (laughs) this is going to be a really long episode. And like the same with podcasting when they're like, tell like your story from the time you were born. And you're just like, okay, here we go. Let me just like put on my clown face and let's get to it. But, um, but you guys, it was just like chatting with, um, friends. So. Thank you. That's, That's the, goal. the goal. That's the goal. Um, and next time I'm in New York, let's all get a glass of wine. Let's yes. do it. Maybe we'll hit Tribeca with our Tribeca Rich Mom. Rich Mom. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. I have all to right. run. Bye. You guys have a great rest of your day. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Bye. 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 <laughs>
What a gem. Listeners, we love that conversation. As always, if you have a what would you do, email us at hello at Black Girls Texting. You can also DM us at Black Girls Texting on Instagram. You can also tweet us now at Black Girls Text One. We have a website, blackgirlstexting.com. We have a Patreon, Black Girls Text slash Patreon or is it Patreon slash Black Girls Texting? Okay. I never get that right, but you could find it if you if you really wanted to. And Very also two words in and look it up. Yeah, and literally, like, I like shout out to our patrons specifically. Shout out to all of our listeners, but specifically our patrons. We are an independent podcast. Yes. We are funding ourselves. We have nobody behind us pushing this machine. So shout out to you guys because it really helps every studio session, every event that we get to throw. Um, so, yeah. Yes. Correct. But the bills are high. Con Ed, raising the bills. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> I, my con ed bill was really high this month and i was like Ugh! yeah con ed bills are high i try not to look at those people cause... think that they're like 60 dollars. that yeah. is the time that's no more well mine mm-hmm. were 60 dollars, but now with this heat and mine are like well because you're this running acs and all of that 200 dollars. but i stay with the ac though Maybe oh no man i'm turning that shit off like i'm a old westinian mother i'm like turn it off <laughs> And Turn the lights, I leave with all the lights on. Oh my gosh, she said it's bad up. for the plane. I'm like, what do y'all think this shit Wait, is? Wait, you guys, side note. Why am I looking at an Airbnb in Oaxaca and half of the pictures are just of this man spraying <laughs> everything down <laughs> with... um COVID-free. It's just pictures of this man spraying things down. Mexico has this this um, this play. saying and uh, like Susana is like your health, but they made it into like Susanna. So they'll be like, Susana... <laughs> there's like, a lot of susana in this place yes. look they got him spraying down the doorknob that's a picture on the airbnb site i stand oh my gosh okay guys i right, friend Henry record the in... patreon but yeah, i we, actually oh. have to go hop on a work meeting so i have to run okay. all right thank you for listening bye thank you tanks for coming on Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.